Mind Hood and Evil. We're your host. I'm Mike. That's Chris. What's up? Slim. What are we getting into today? Man, you already know what it is, man. Before we even start, I just want to go ahead and let everybody know that you should go ahead and follow Beyond Hood and Evil. If you ain't following Beyond Hood and Evil on the IG page, on the Spotify page, on the Apple Podcast page, you're doing yourself a disservice. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and hit us up on Instagram at Beyond Hood and Evil. Make sure you follow the page and share the page with a friend. Am I saying that we're going to blow up your feed? No. <laughs> Am I saying that we're going to be posting content that you need to know, though? Yes. If you're listening to us right now on Spotify, make sure you hit that follow button and rate us. If you can't rate us, that just means you ain't listened to enough episodes. So make sure you double up, play a few, and then come back and rate us. If you're listening on Apple, make sure you hit subscribe and rate us. And if you're listening on neither of those platforms, do the same damn thing. All right, let's get into it. You already know what it is, Beyond Hood and Evil. And today for the beyond of it, we've been on a little tangent, man. We've been on a streak, man, doing more beyond. We did evil all them days in a row. And we saw people was just like, man, I'm tired of the evil. So now it seems like we've been doing beyond all these days in a row. People seem to be more reactive to the beyond. So maybe that's a thing. We're going to say beyond on evil stuff from now on. Uh, <laughs> but today we're getting into unlearning and what that means for you. Like, how does that impact your life? And what are the fruits of that labor? So that's what we're getting into today, Mike. I appreciate that, Chris. I actually think this topic and, and many of our topics are all three, like beyond, hood, and evil. Because mm. this one for me is like, how did we get beyond the hood and the evil of it all with learning and developing the skills and behaviors and the traits that we needed to to persist and to be able to dislodge ourselves from the hood mm. to then be able to get to where we are today and then, as I would like to say, unlearn some of those behaviors because mm. that that which served you may no longer serve you or that which got you here may not get you there. And so mm. I've had several conversations and actually one just recently with a good friend of mine, shout out to Sebastian Lumby. We were just talking about some of our behaviors that were really great in shielding us when we were younger, but are now kind of toxic in a sense. And like they're not really serving us to these days. And so how do we let those go? Because we need to develop new skills and new behaviors so that we can continue to accelerate and grow. And so I wanted to bring that to you because I already know you're going to be on your shenanigans, but there's definitely some stuff that both of us are unlearning that yeah. helped us get from the hood to here. I think that unlearning is important, but unlearning basically is based in comprehension and self-awareness. Say more. If you're not self-aware, and able to comprehend the situation, you can't learn how to take in the meat and spit out the bones. It's Pride Month, taking the meat. <laughs> you got, you know what I'm saying. You got to figure out how to how to do that, and that's something that a lot of youth aren't able to do, especially if they don't have people that's modeling behavior or able to have that old soul. There's been a lot of research around this. I feel like in like that clinical psychology psychiatry area, saying that people that young people that are considered old souls typically come from homes with trauma. And mm. I can't say that, I can't deny that because I know I was called, Chris, you're so mature. I've been told that my whole life. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I had to make good decisions. I never had a chance to fail. Because if I failed, it wasn't like, it was like Mortal Kombat on the stage with the little spikes on the bottom. You fall, you fall into the spikes. It's over, it's over, Johnny. <laughs> you're dead to me. Yeah, it's over, it's over, Johnny. You're dead to me, you're dead. You know what I'm saying? So I had to figure it out quick, fast and in a hurry. So. I think there's some things that you're saying are true, but I also think those things that people are saying are toxic now in a lot of days are the same things are that propel people to be great. So mm. like that, that like a sense of um, importance. People say that now is not good. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, I don't understand that. Like believing yourself is not good or the drive to achieve. People will say that's not good because everyone should win. That's not realistic. They're in life. There are winners and there are losers. And that's, that's an absolute, I feel like. Mm. And then the third thing I would say is the, idea that some people aren't worth your time. They say that's toxic. Everyone's worth engaging with. That's not true. Some people are evil niggas and you, know, <laughs> you gotta let them go. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, let me rephrase that. Some people are, some people just aren't meant to be in your circle. And yeah. I think that's, you gotta learn to let those people go. Like you can love someone from afar. And I feel like that's the most important thing you learn, especially growing up because we are all indoctrinated to love everyone and treat everyone equally. But you know, in society, you are, as a human being, the biggest thing that separates us from animals is not only the opposable thumb, but also the ability to categorize. And mm -hmm. because of that, we're able to put people in certain boxes, like we talked about last mm -hmm. episode. The callback, good callback. Move back. accordingly. So, yeah. 
And Chris, I I do think when you, you say evil niggas, you know, I think that's that's a real thing because this is you're not just talking about black people for those of, of us listening to this. Um, and we're like, yeah, that's a very targeted comment. No, you just everybody's. A- <laughs> hey, you got your chiggers, you got your wiggers, got the end diggers. You know what I'm saying? You got the ad, ad diggers. You know what I'm saying? You got the miggers. You know what I'm saying? You got everybody, man. Everybody, oh, it's got, it's it's in, it's in it's in and in words. It's urs everywhere, man. And I double go urs. You know what I'm saying? Everywhere, man. Like Tigger. <laughs> and just to drive it home, I got three cats in the house and they niggas to me. Like they just <laughs> three cats out. Eric will be like Michael, and I'm like, nah, that's just that's just that's just the word. It's the time of endearment. Everybody can get it. Even my groceries. Everything, inanimate objects, like it's just, hey, it's, that's just what it is. But Chris, I, I think, think that's an LA thing. LA and Southern really? people. I, LA and Southern people do that more than anyone I've ever encountered. Hmm. Like it's a thing I've noticed. Like y'all be going crazy like that, this, that, that. It's like, but people in like the East Coast, I haven't really encountered it like that. If you have a Southern family, yes. But if you like from New mm-hmm. York, you don't really see somebody doing that with, Groceries, it's not excessive. It's not excessive. Yeah, like it's like because it's like a thing. Because when you usually when you do, it, especially in New York, they use the hard R. Like yeah. inter, <laughs> the endearment, is, the endearment comes A. But that if somebody call you the hard R, people I've seen it in New York, the mm-hmm. hard R, like let you know it's angry. You can hear the vitriol in it with the like the mm. like woo, like you know what I'm saying. Like, yo, <laughs> like you can hear it in there, bro. Like the well, maybe you can hear the sentiment of the ER, but I haven't heard the hard one. Uh, hard R, bro. Damn, that's that's stuff. Well, I'm, I'm gonna need my New York people to to, to hit back at Chris on that because I don't believe it, but he's saying it's true. But yeah, bro, it's if you, you said a lot there and I, and I love it because I think there's going to be a lot of nuance to this conversation. Mm. So I like to tell this I like to tell this story to people a lot. Uh, I can't remember the, the radio station, uh, but in L.A., I remember listening to the radio station about a, a water drinking competition as Chris takes a sip of water from the largest jug I've ever seen. But it looks quite small because it's in its large palms. You know what's going on? <laughs> so there was a water drinking contest and you know people jumped into this this water drinking contest and i think it was maybe power 106 or something like that i can't recall but uh there was a person that you know they were drinking copious amounts of water uh, for probably about an hour or something like that and this person ends up drowning themselves um, which i didn't even know was possible like you could drink so much water to where you drown i think they drowned their lungs or something like that they mm-hmm. just drowned and i was just like whoa and what that really meant to me was like too much of anything is not good for you or just too much of anything. So in this case, that's where I'm coming from this whole episode, Chris, is like there are definitely skills and attributes or behaviors that are great to an extent. So Mm. I'll kick it off with one of them. Um, Independence, right? So I grew up in a household with six other siblings. Two of them were out the house or at least one was out the house permanently. I told you about my oldest brother. Um, who went to prison early on in my life. He was 16. Um, And then my second oldest brother, who was in and out of the house, kind of doing the same thing. So it was just me, my four other sisters, and my dad and my mom. Um, And my mom got sick when I was in my... Right before I hit my teens. Like I say, between like nine to 12. Um, And so she was in and out of the hospital a lot. And my dad was working every day. And then my oldest two sisters, they were out doing their thing. So basically in the house is me and two other sisters. So what does that leave you to do? You got to fend for yourself. You got to take care of yourself. My second oldest brother, he would cook meals and we would get like half a plate because he would get a full plate because he's a, you know, growing teenager. And he was also a little bit of a jerk. Right. But what else are you to do when you got to take care of four siblings and look after them? And so I would end up having to cook for myself. I learned, it was a steep learning curve for me, Chris. I remember many, many episodes ago, I told you about the Top Ramen, my first introduction mm-hmm. to cooking. I tried to cook Top Ramen without water in the mm-hmm. microwave. It was mm-hmm. unsuccessful. Um, and so <laughs> things like that are just me developing my own independence because it was essentially survival of the fittest, right, for that period. And so when I started to develop a lot of my patterns of behavior, it was in those moments where, you know, my mom wasn't really overseeing the crib. My dad wasn't really overseeing the crib. So it was really me overseeing myself. And so, you know, I'm walking to school every day. I'm walking home from school every day. I'm making decisions on what happens in my life, what I wear, what I eat, what I do. And I was doing that at a really young age that I became really good at it. And so as I went, my mom, 
you know, was able to battle some of her health challenges. And then she was in a house every day, returning to her typical role. She was a homemaker for us. So she was taking care of us. And she noticed that I didn't want any of that care. Right. I said, nah, I got this. And I will continue to do all the things for myself. And so just to fast forward it a bit, that continued. And it helped me be able to land where I'm at today is because I was hyper independent, like like the Neo song, <laughs> but the mister. No, nah, no, nah, this man just called himself Miss Independent. That's why he loves her. He's, what? What's going on here? <laughs> That's why I love her. What? Flip, flip the whole song, Mr. Yeah. Independent. That's why she loves me. She ain't gotta worry got to worry about me, bro. <laughs> so, bro, like I'm really taking care of myself and it's so much so that as I get older and I'm in relationships, especially relationships that I really want to be in, really committed relationships, I'm struggling with that now because now you have to be dependent mm. on someone, right? You didn't have to like release some of that independency and actually say like, I'm gonna depend on you for like emotional support, financial support for trust and other stabilities. You're, you, you need to kind of give that up because this is what a relationship is. This is what, this, this is what a relationship is. And so mm. it's, it's taken me a, a, a long time and I'm just getting toward, I would like to think like the edges of it, the ends of it, of being able to say like, my extreme level of independence was really great for me to be able to make it in my household and to be able to stay focused on school and then leave LA to go to college and do what I've done since. But now that I am settled and I am stable and I have every single thing that I need, right? I'm living the quote unquote American dream that hyper independence is no longer serving me. It's actually starting to cause problems, right? Because if I can't trust as much as I need to, right? If I don't lean on my partner, if I try to take care of, it, care of everything myself, I'm gonna start, as we like to call it, Chris, I'm gonna start counting the score. I'm gonna start keeping score. Like I'm doing this, you're not doing that. I'm doing this, you're not doing that. And That's keeping right. score is not really good <laughs> for a relationship, bro. And so for me, it's like, how do you put a wedge in between what served me and what does not serve me? And that's one of the things where too much independence now is bad for you. But once it was good for me, Chris. It's hard to it's hard to disagree with your logic because I, I kind of grew up in a similar situation. My mom wasn't sick, she was just sick. <laughs> but she, you know, yeah, she, was she, just, she just wasn't right. You know what I'm saying? It just wasn't right. Uh, so I, I, can't, I grew the same way, but I ain't, I ain't had a steep learning curve you have. You know what I'm saying? Because honestly, because that boy could cook, because no, that boy could cook. I could cook, but also we just didn't have the food to waste. You know what I'm saying? We ain't had the food to waste. So it wasn't like, like I remember I used to read cookbooks. My mom had one cookbook. It was a French cookbook. It was this white. I believe mean, when I was like four and five, I, that should have been a message in my mind. So I should should have pursued that more or whatever. Calling their art. Yes, bro. It's like not going to school for it, but I always think what about my, my how would my life be different if I went and just went somewhere and just start working in the kitchen somewhere? Like I always think about that sometimes. You'd be a dope chef, bro. But I Maybe already know it's beard level. Shit, better than that <laughs> bitch ass. So, no, uh, but no, um, Anyway, I remember I used to read this cookbook over and over and I used to read about stuff, how you prepare things. I didn't even understand the words. Like, what is a julienne? What is a sous vide? You know what I'm saying? Mm. What is a mince? I don't understand what these words mean. But, I, you know, me being an intelligent, infinite-minded individual, even as a young man, I was able to use context tools and pictures to understand what they meant and discern what I had to do moving forward to make it when it was my time to try to the same food, you know? So <laughs> I, I didn't have, we didn't have food to waste. So every time I made something, I just made sure it was cooked all the way. So every, a lot mm. of the stuff I made was either it's really, really wet or really, really dry. And it's like, yeah, but at the same yeah. time, but at the same time you could eat it. And that's the the biggest thing was that for me and brother, like making rice. I When I first started making rice, it was really, really wet. Cause I didn't understand yeah. how much water you put in. I just knew you needed water. Cause I was like, this is hard to make something. I understood as a child, something that's hard, <laughs> you need to make it wet to make it soft. Pause, you know what I'm saying? And, then, yeah. and, and vice versa, if something is really, really wet, you need to dry it out to make it, you know, no, edible. Crispy or no. harder. Yeah, yeah, crispy. Yeah, exactly. That's the word. Crispy or harder. So the same thing, the same thing came with gravy. It took me years to learn how to make gravy. Like literally, like maybe four years ago, I feel like I finally figured out how to make a good gravy. But it, when I was little, I just used to put flour in a pan with oil and just hope for the best and just stir it until it turned brown. Like that's the worst gravy you can make. It's all clumpy. And <laughs> it tasted good because it's the drippings of the pan or whatever, but it's like it's the thickest. Like you eat another meal. Imagine eating a pancake, liquid pancake batter. That's basically what you eat on top of rice. With with a meat lump, you know what I'm saying? Some mixed vegetables. It tastes good as hell. But you, when I say you fool, you know, that's how me and my brother got husky. You know what I mean? Eating mm, gravy husky. every meal. So uh, the other piece about the independent thing, I don't know, man. Because, you know, you and I have had conversations online and offline about, like, me and relationships. I like doing everything. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah. what I, I it's cause And I guess it's a overcorrection to the way 
I grew up or whatever, you know, dealing, seeing my mom and whatever, having a struggle and stuff. I just don't like that. As much as I come on here as a misogynist or whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at, the, at heart, you know what I'm saying? I like, I like the woman I'm with to know that she's taken care of. So she ain't got to do much. You know what I'm saying? You with me, you ain't really got to do nothing. You just got to be down, be loyal. That's the biggest thing. Like if you loyal, you ain't really got to do nothing. <laughs> Cause I'm gonna figure it out. You know what I'm saying? I could cook, I could clean, you know what I'm saying? I mess around with style you, you know what I'm saying? You get some clothes, you be all right, man. You be, you be, you leave, get out there, be, you will be, you, you looking good. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. Point being, you know, that's my, that's the hard line for me. Cause I don't know. I don't know. That's hard for me to let go of. Like I like the person. Cause to me, that's like acts of service is a thing. Mm. Like I love yeah. acts of service. That's my thing. Like people got words of affirmation and all that. Me. I know me. people that people that know me though know I'm not into that. You know what I'm saying? I'm just not, and mm-hmm. I'm not the best at receiving compliments. Like I don't know. I was, you know, I was out. I was out with Emma or whatever, and uh, she didn't realize. You know, I hear all these things about people when that dudes on the internet not getting compliments. When's the last time you got a compliment? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't share that experience. People compliment me all the time. Like yes, every same. day, <laughs> once or, once or twice a day, at least a minimum. You know what I'm saying? I get a compliment, or I see people looking and staring at me and stuff. You know, and it's like it's weird. Cause I don't understand that experience, but it's also, I'm not good with compliments. So a lot of the times I get a compliment, I'm like, okay. Mm. And then like, oh, okay, you're a weirdo. It's like, mm, I'm not weird. I just don't know what to do with that. You know what I'm saying? He received we, it, but he did not throw it back. It was yeah, not hot potato. No, it's not. I don't, you know, and I also, I'm not the best at giving compliments. It's not my thing. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm, I do my, to show my, my affection or my love or my, my companionship with someone in different ways. I like to do things for people. So it's hard for me to let those things go because those are so central to my character. It will be almost like I'll be dismantling core principles or core pieces of my personality that are so intrinsically me. So and that's it, Chris, that yeah. that's, that's it. That's the part. Yeah. But why would you want to, un, un, why would you want to become less yourself? That, Cause me, I'm also very individualistic. I like the idea of being me. I don't want to be other people. Like when I see mm-hmm. people doing stuff, like when I was little, I remember I used to think tattoos was kind of cool. And then as I got older and I saw everybody getting tattoos, it's like, that's not cool. <laughs> or when I was younger, I used to think, man, I'm gonna get my ear pierced. And then I remember when I got old, I was like, that's not cool. Cause everybody got piercings. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I've always been like that. Like, I don't like doing the thing that everyone's doing. Like when everybody's wearing all the dark colors and stuff like that, I like wearing bright colors. Now everybody wearing bright colors is like, I'm trying to pick more neutral stuff. It's like, I don't want to feel like, I don't want to feel like I'm like everybody else. Like I like the idea of being an individual because that's, to me, that's what being human is about. It's not about being a part of a big party. It's about being yourself. And if you're comfortable being you, other people are going to be drawn to that. Um, but maybe that's a part of leadership too. So yeah, man, that's where I'm at with it. I don't disagree with you, but I guess there's some, I got some modifications I would have to what you said, but I agree with the core principles of what you said. Yeah, bro. Like, I mean, you said something I really love is the overcorrection, right? For yes. those things. Um, Chris, just the, the individualistic part. You and I've had conversations on this microphone yes. about how you try so hard to be different that you end up being just like everybody else. Because, I, I mean, how many new styles can you really create? Like, how many, how much new vernacular or slang can you really create mm-hmm. that it may not be hip today or in the last 10 years, but take it back 30 years, take it back 40 years, we're recycling the same thing. So, like, I hit this point where I felt like I had that similar sentiment as you, where it's like, nah, I dare to be different, mm-hmm. right? And I think in many cases, daring to be different served us, right? Like we wasn't on the street, yes. <laughs> right? We weren't them badass kids in the classroom. We know why it was bad. Some, they were making some choices, but we know that there were some different circumstances. That said though, you probably experienced a lot of those circumstances and you made different choices. So I don't want to take that away, but there, you know, them badass kids in school, we weren't them. And there's so on and so forth. Even being a professional, you know, there's some trash as professionals, basura. Like they're just mm-hmm. not great, but they're able to fail forward, right? And I'm not even just talking about our white peers. <laughs> Racism, man. Racism, man. <laughs> just, our, our, just... white, our white overlords are the best thing that has happened to us <laughs> getting us out of that backwater, backwards country. You understand? <laughs> and so to, to that last point you made, Chris, is uh, I talk about this concept often of like uniquely common like that phenomena, like individually, like uniquely, we experienced our life in a very unique way. Cause like, it's our one way 
like sight where we can see the world. We don't really see how the world sees us to an extent, unless you like look in the mirror perspective. Right. So we see how life is really unique, but when we open our mouths and start to talk, right. Just like us doing this on this mic, we realize that there's a lot of common experiences. Mm -hmm. And so I think as it relates to last week's topic, when we talked about boxes, like I don't believe that all boxes really restrict us. Some of them really help, but then some of them really put us closer toward our demise. So it's just like too much of anything is bad for you. One of the things I, I do want to say, and Chris, I think this might hit a nerve with you. And this is something I had to be um, really real with myself about is being like, I'm going to just say radically goal oriented. You know me, I'm obsessive about goals. Like me and a homie Herm, I don't want to say we coined it, but we have a favorite phrase called vision fishing, right? It's like, how do you set the stage for a vision that you have for your life? and align it with the steps that you need to take in order to make that vision a reality. So we're going fishing for that vision and we're going to catch it and it's going to be our reality. And so we do that a lot. And there's lots of evidence of us being successful in that same thing with you, Chris, this podcast is an example of us going vision fishing, Mm -hmm. right? Finding a way for us to be able to put our talents together to do this. But Chris, me being goal oriented is, 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 is hurtful sometimes because it doesn't allow me to be present. (laughs) I struggle. And you know this, I struggle with being present. I'm, I'm, I'm really future focused and I'm not a researcher of the past, but I'm an observer of the past. Right. I like to really think about and obsess about it to some, some extent, like what happened and how did it set me up for today so that I can figure it out tomorrow, but I rarely live in today. And so that's another thing that I'm trying to like get away from because me being an entrepreneur and me being goal oriented are two really great perspectives and skills to have for me to be successful. (laughs) But me being an entrepreneur and me being goal-oriented takes me away from my personal relationships that are paramount to me. Number one priority, my relationship with my boo, air, right? I can't always be present with her because I'm thinking about something I should be doing. (laughs) Mm. Whether it's work, whether it's cleaning the house, the things that other things that bring me joy, I'm prioritizing those because I'm like, I got boxes to check to say that I did it. And so I struggle with being present a lot and really just living in the moment because I'm so focused on those goals because my mom gave me three goals when I was growing up. I'm gonna just recite them real quick before I hand this off to you. She said, you know, growing up South Central Los Angeles, she said, I need you to graduate high school. Nobody, nobody in my immediate family did that, right? Now it's no shade to them, but she said, I need you to finish high school. I said, cool. She said, you cannot join a gang. Both my brothers was, was in gangs, which virtually means I was affiliated, but she was just like, nah, no, don't do that. And then third, she said, uh, now that like I'm throwing up gang signs, neighbors. Uh, third one was, <laughs> third one was don't have a child. Here we go. In particular, before high school graduation. <laughs> so my mom gave me these three goals. And when she gave me those three goals, I stuck to them. I stuck to them. And like that basic level of focus, in addition to me being really independent, me being goal-oriented, et cetera, really allowed me to focus. And I took that mindset into the future, right? So college, I had three goals. Before I hit 27, I had three goals. Before I hit 30, I had three goals. And now I'm trying to figure out before 40, what are my three goals? That's where I'm at. But Chris, again, it doesn't really allow me to be present today. And so like, that's the problem. And one of the things that I'm trying to shift over correct for. First, I agree with your mom's goals. Those are goals that every black woman has for her black son in America. A 10 out of 10. <laughs> Graduate high school, knucklehead. Don't get some fast girl present, dumbass. And then uh-huh. I need you to not be in the streets for real, for real. Like, I understand that you're going to be in the streets because of where we live, especially if you're in the inner city. But I need you to not be in the streets. Like, don't be out here wilding. Because you got to do what you got to do to be a man. But because you can't be a coward. But mm. you can't be in a gang, bro. Because that's going to derail your life. So I think those are tenants that everyone's given as a child, especially as a young man growing up, a young heterosexual man growing up. I would imagine that would be a very different conversation for if you had like a, a child that's a part of the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. probably something along the lines like, don't be afraid to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, feel free to talk to me and probably um, practice safe sex, probably be the number one, three, the number three things you would get. I imagine, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know, but. And, and the other piece of what you said though, I think was interesting was, the goal-oriented piece. I think those are the things that make you attractive, though, to your partner at the same time. Because if you wasn't those Real things, top. you wouldn't be an attractive partner because you would just be stagnant, you know? Mm. <laughs> as much as women say they like to have, like, things that are standardized and consistency, women, like, also like change a lot. You know, like <laughs> monotony. Because a dude could do the same thing every day. 
and be content. A dude can eat the same meal every day, be content. A dude can come home to a, a home that's literally yes. just a couch and a TV and a bed in <laughs> a room with a towel, yes. one towel, <laughs> one washcloth, one bar of soap, not and maybe not even shampoo, just a bar of soap and some deodorant and be like, this bathroom is lit right now. You know what I'm saying? It's a totally, <laughs> a totally simpler, it's a simpler lifestyle. But you know, when you when you end up trying to partner with women or you enjoy the company of women, you open yourself up to having to have all these accoutrements. You know what I'm saying? You got to have all these knickknacks and paddywhacks so yet you can give your dog a bone. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't make sense to double that. The double talk that you have to discern, you know, the mental gymnastics you got to go through to maintain the fair sex. But I think that those things are very important. And the goal-oriented piece, I think, is something that all men of great character have. You got to be looking towards the future. You got to be constantly looking to reinvent yourself. You got to be uncomfortably comfortable. You know what I mean? You got to be very, mm-hmm. very uncomfortably comfortable. You know, somebody that's willing to always grow, going to, going to change, willing to make those, take chances, you know? As someone who's on the opposite end of that, like, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not goal-oriented, but I'm also very, very risk-averse. I'm not mm-hmm. somebody that's into taking a lot of chances. I like things being very consistent. I like things being almost mundane or monotonous to a point, and then you you do something different after you've been monotonous for a spell. I like the idea of having things come in consistently. It's just, that's to me, that's safety because there's safety and knowing that something is there for you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's real. And to unlearn that, to me, will almost be, it will almost be a, a problem. You know what I mean? Because I, I, risk aversion is what got me here. You know, it got me not being shot. Like I remember I told that story multiple times on here where I almost got shot just crossing the street mistaken mm-hmm. identity, you know, or the other time I almost got robbed at gunpoint just walking home because I made a poor choice to dress like how I, how much money I made. That's dumb. Like things like that, things you don't think about. And regular people don't think of these things, but these are things I constantly think about. Or, you know, when I'm having a conversation with someone that I don't know, how I know I should stand at probably three to four feet back from them. And then people mm-hmm. don't understand, like things that I just do to make people feel more comfortable because I know I can be towering. I can be you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, it's just things to make the, the choices that you make to make other people feel comfortable with you. These are all things I learned growing up. You know what I mean? And these things have made me as successful as I am today. But I also know that if I want to be more successful, I have to pick up new things and learn how to take on those more tenacious character traits. You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. Mike, you somebody of great tenacity, which is why you and I get along. Because I Appreciate like your tenacity. That. You know what I'm saying? And I, I know you like the idea that I'm somebody that's like a doer. I'm not like I'm I'm not I'm a, I'm a dreamer, but I'm not I'm a realist at the same time. You a dreamer, like you know what I'm saying? You try you try and figure out how to get built. Like you you're not good at science, but you think I'm up? You gonna build a rocket? Like that's the type of dreams you got. And me, it's like mm-hmm. I'm like somebody that's like, oh, you want to build a rocket? That's cool. Um, I think that's great, but I think you might want to learn how to you know maybe do math first. You know what I'm saying? That's me. Like let's do let's take it step by step. Like I'm baby step guy. And you big picture mm-hmm. guy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so you reel me in a lot, yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 just what I it's just, but that's must that's how I always been. Even with my mom, she used to have conversations with us and talk to us about stuff she wanted to do. And remember, Breville used to have, you know, you when you have a twin, you have unspoken words. You could just look at each mm-hmm. other and have a whole conversation and be like, okay, I'm going to say this and say that, and you're going to say this and say that. And we look at each other and then look at her and then look at each other and then nod and then just start talking to her and give her like valuable life advice. Like, yo, no, huh. don't do that. That's the opposite of what you need to be doing. Wow. You need to be doing dot, 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 because that's how you're going to get here if you want to get there. If you want to stay where you are, though, keep doing what you're doing. You're knocking it out the park. And you know what I'm saying? And that, that conversation is, that's why I'm always so matter of fact with people, no matter mm-hmm. what. Like, for example, another example, and I give it back to you. I was at this tech mixer in Baltimore at a Busboys and Poets um, this past week. And I got, I got like three, I got two job offers. It was weird. Let's go. But it's like, Let's yeah, go. but it's like, it's weird. Cause it's like, I, I, when I put myself out there, it's always like that. But at the same time, it's like, I get job offers from places. I'm not, I'm not sure where I want to go. You know what hey, I'm saying? Man, people know talent. You got to take the best talent available. Yeah, but it's like when you had those conversations with people, people always say, oh my God, how don't I know you? Why aren't you doing things bigger than mm-hmm. what you're doing? It's like, because of mm-hmm. where I'm at. Like, I got these golden handcuffs. But I say all that to say, mm. you know, in those moments when you had conversations with people and people realize that you are a bright spot, people immediately understand that you're a bright spot and they want to harvest that bright spot. So mm-hmm. I feel like the thing that I need to learn is that I can't be bright to everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for me because I like being shiny. <laughs> and that's something Kenny has told me. He's like, Chris, you got to start trying to be shiny. Sometimes you got to be dull. 
And I was like, I don't get what you're talking about because I like I like it. Like, it's just something I like. It's a part of my personality. I like being shiny. I like being bright. I like having conversations. I like showing off. I like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I like being the center of attention, but I am someone who likes to be congenial. So in those moments, it's hard for me not to, you know, start peacocking. It's just naturally what I do. You know what I'm saying? But in my, in my, as I enter into my 31st year, I think that's something I need to work on extensively in order to grow forward. Because at the same time, it can be intimidating. And my question is why? Not why it could be intimidating. You can get into that piece, but, but, but why do, why is this something that you feel like you need to share a little bit? I remember I was, when I was trying to get back on a, on the market, you know what I'm saying? Trying to get back on the dating apps. And I was talking to my, my lady, my female friend. I'm not gonna say my lady friend because that's a different conversation. My female friend, mm-hmm. a female friend of mine. And uh, I was showing her my profile and she was just looking at it. She's like, I'm gonna be honest with you. This intimidating. And I was like, what? <laughs> she's like, it's intimidating. Like your pictures, she's like your pictures, what you got written here, it's a lot. And I was like, what you mean? I thought that's what she's like. I was like, it don't sound good. She said, it sounds amazing, but that's the problem. It's too much. It sound, she like, it sound fake. And I was like, what you mean? She's like, it sound fake. It don't sound realistic. Like, that's not what you, if you want an app and you got all this going on, why you want an app? And I was like, damn, I ain't never think of it like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking that, you know, you know me, I'm R&B Chris at heart. I'm R&B Chris. You know what I'm saying? Pretty brown eyes. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? Pretty brown eyes. You know what I'm saying? Hey. You know what I'm saying? Anniversary. Like, that's me. I'm literally that. I'm the, do you know? Like, on my anniversaries, that's what I play. It's our hey. anniversary and I'm making hey. breakfast. I'm hey. coming in the morning with breakfast made. It's our, that's me. That's literally hey. me. You know oh, I need saying? to take a page out of that book. I'm bro. just I saying, bro. To. It's the, it's the, be- I'm not going to lie. Every time it go off, every time, every time hey. it's the anniversary, <laughs> first, it go off every time. It's our anniversary just for you and me. You know what I'm saying? You hey. start the day with that. You know, you do breakfast and bed, whatever. Then you go through, you know, you have a little day plan or activity or something. Y'all might just do something slight. And then you come back, chill out. You know what I'm saying? Do you give a gift? You know what I'm saying? Do you make you plan dinner? But you, you you give her a hard time or whatever. But then you end up making her favorite thing. You know what I'm saying? It's a thing, bro. It worked every time, bro. It's just be like, oh my god, it's so good. It's like yeah, and that's free I- game from your boy Chris. That's free game, free game, free ninety nine. Yes, but it worked, man. It's it's, it's a, like because I've I played this song without it being the anniversary, and the person I'm with don't get it. Like I don't get this song. Mm-hmm. And then it, but on anniversary day, it go all, oh, they get it. At that yeah. moment, they get it. At that moment, they get it. So it's like, it's a thing. And at this moment. <laughs> they get it. It's like, oh my God, I didn't understand this song until right now. It's like, yeah, you, you, I'm, I'm different. It's different. But um, it's just a thing, man. You can't, you can't put, you can't show all your best traits. You know what I'm saying? You can't show everybody your whole hand because if your hand is too good, they like, whoa, I don't know if I'm ready to take that on. And then you got to be cautious of people that when you show them their whole hand and they're like, yeah, I want to take that on, that person may be a user. And that's what I'm trying to say, which is why I think in my 31st year, I need to start being more discerning when it comes to people and judging their character. So, yeah, man. That's real, Chris. Man, that's... I like that you said peacocking. You're like, I just just start shining. I just start shining. (laughs) I just start shining. So... That to me, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I wanted to get to, bro, because uh, before we before we got on the air, uh, I actually, I ain't gonna lie, I thought Chris was gonna come with totally different energy. <laughs> he was like, oh, I'm ready for this. I'm, I'm ready. Let's, let's just go. And so I thought he was gonna come with the shenanigans. Y'all gave him the shenanigans? The my. shenanigans? Uh-huh. <laughs> I got something pointed today, man. I had my little run, man. So I'm being pointed. I'm trying to be helpful. I can't be on nonsense all the time. Because I've also learned that. <laughs> That's something I had to learn young. Because I used to always talk nonsense. You know me. I used to talk crazy all start, the time. Used to. Used I, to. Nah, but it's, it used to be more. You know what I'm saying? Like, I used to say wild, yeah, yeah, wild out-of-pocket stuff in professional situations. <laughs> it wasn't... It's not the best way to move. You know, especially in my 20th years. You know what I'm saying? In that decade... I was going crazy, yeah, bro. It was from like twenty, learning. like maybe from like nineteen to twenty-three. I used to say wow stuff to people in professional situations, and they'd just be like, "I'm not sure I could have you speak, Chris, because I don't know what you're going to say." And yeah. that's and I used to like that, like haha. But it's like that's not useful, you know. You're like so, why Mike always get tapped? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to say something because because yeah. Mike gonna say nothing <laughs> crazy. I know what Mike gonna. Say. I don't know what Mike gonna say, but I know it ain't gonna be crazy. <laughs> It's like, I'm smart too. When you step off the bike, he gonna say something crazy, but on the mic, nah, he ain't gonna say no crazy. Exactly, exactly. Me, I'm like starting off with something extra crazy. Get gas, first five minutes, get, what is it, what? Everybody murmuring, <gasps> talking like, yeah, people murmuring. 
And I'm just up there laughing and smiling. Ha 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 the the third one for me, Chris, I'm gonna throw out there. Um, and this one is a bit nuanced, is excellence. Mm. So, dude, um to unlearn. I mean, and this is why I'm saying it's nuanced, it's nuanced. Um I'm a I'm a high performer. <laughs> I, I like to perform at a really high level. And I, a lot of it, honestly, is because uh, I haven't always been a high performer in the areas that ultimately matter to others. Like, so when you talk about like academics that matter to others, right? Because that's how they would evaluate your candidacy for certain opportunities growing up. And I, I never cared about school. Like I never cared about it. And I was always vocal about that to a point where my academic advisors, my my professors, my teachers would all say, always say like, Mike, you need to stop saying that. You know, because if you say it enough, you're going to believe it. And I'm like, no, I believe it. That's why I'm saying it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I don't like this school stuff. And I would say, and you remember this, I was like, I am going to be a really great professional. I, I was like, that. so I'm not, I'm not here to be in school. I am here so I can graduate. Because again, three goals in college, for you, those of you that don't know, I said that I want to meet my wife. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I want to do. Uh, I want to graduate. And I want to graduate with a job offer. So not like I graduated in six months down the line. Like, no, I want to leave this school to a job. Like, those were my goals. And I wasn't the, the, the highest performer in my class. Not even close. And even my friend group. Chris, you were, you're a stellar student, bro. Like, I don't, well, people probably would get that because you, you're sharp tat. But they're, they're, I had a lot of friends who, who were just, like, brilliant, especially in the academic sense. Um, and, and some of them didn't have jobs when they graduated school. I'm some of them. I'm and, some and of them. You're one of them. You're one of them. There were there were many, and many is the issue. And that's, I'm not gonna stay here too long, but that's my issue with college, right? Is how do you prepare us and actually give us access and pushes to job opportunities and ensure and hold yourself accountable as an institution that these individuals that paid to be at your school, who are received an education at your school, who you're gonna put your stamp on when they are successful, you need to get them at least an entry-level fucking job. Come on. So. I wasn't that kid, but I always said, I'm going to get the gig. And that's what I did. And many people were actually surprised because it was like, this bro fall asleep in class. <laughs> what is he? Especially early on in college. I got better. I got better. But they're like, this dude fall asleep in class and he got a job. Where? And I'm like, yeah, at a top 10 PR firm. Why? Because I know how to show up professionally. And so to that point, Chris, I've always been a high performer professionally. I always wanted to be, you know, you get rated on a, like a, a one to five in your job and like five is exceeding expectations and mm -hmm. four is, you know, I will always strive to be a five, right? My first job out of school, I was still learning, right? I was getting out of that hazy academic mode, but when I went to my nonprofit life and then I went into tech, like I, I liked to perform at a high level across the board, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So if I'm doing sales, if I may not hit my sales numbers, I've cultivated relationships, cultivating really great relationships within my client base, but also with my teammates. Um, I remember my CEO would tell me, he was just like, yo, man, I heard nothing but really great things from every one of your teammates. I think you might be like the highest rated teammate here, just like as it relates to people appreciating you and what you do. Chris, that's just what I strive for mm -hmm. because I've always felt like, even though I try to step into the background, I always get pushed to the front. And I naturally start walking toward the front because you start to see people recede to the back. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, we all can't be in the back, bro. <laughs> so I'm going to just push to the front and then I'm going to sit there comfortably for a bit until someone else wants to take the light or if I have to hold it. Get to the point of this latter end of it, it became a detriment because it would stop me from leaving jobs when I knew it was over. When I knew it was over. Like, this is no longer serving me. I'm no longer serving you. This is, this is silent in the sense that you're paying me for a service. I'm a really great contribution to your office space. But right now, I'm no longer growing or I'm motivated to grow. And there are fewer opportunities for you to provide to me. It's mm -hmm. over, right? I need to go. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I need to reduce the level of excellence that I'm performing in this role, but I can't care as much as I do. And that's the part that I'm really getting to. Excellence for me is like a care, like a want to show up every single day and be that best version. And to an extent... I would, it, 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 it would be difficult for me to, to leave situations when I knew that this was no longer going to put me in the best position to get to where I needed to go. Mm. And I had to, like we say, Chris, depart, right? And then also just knowing that most companies, and I'm saying this broadly, and I mean this, most companies aren't really prepared for your excellence because they aren't operating in excellence, right? 
They don't have opportunities for you. They don't have a professional development for you. They don't have the maturation for you to actually grow you as an individual and an employee and a professional. They don't have that. They're going to give you a three-star experience. And so I would say, well, why am I going to meet that with a five? Damn, man, it's the Hampton Inn, man. Why I'm coming over here like this to <laughs> goddamn international, man? What we doing? International, baby. Now this is domestic as hell. Hey, man, it's a Holiday Inn in this bitch, man. I thought this was supposed to be the goddamn Ristoff Astoria or something like that. You know what I'm saying? It's supposed yeah, to be like, the Trump's. Yo, they got no, I'm not making a jump. I'm not making a joke. But, like, you know, a Trump hotel supposed to be, like, one of the best hotels in the world. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. It's like, supposed to, I thought this was that. But it's not, man. This is the days in. What's going yeah, on like, in this yo. <laughs> You're like, yo. And that, and, and I would, and I, to wrap up this point, Chris, I would say that a lot when I used to work for this nonprofit and I would have all these young black or brown professionals talking to me about like, yo, man, like, you know, it's imposter syndrome. It's all of these other things. And I'm just like, and I would tell this to my colleagues too. It's okay to be a three because three is meeting expectations. Like your profession, your, your job barely meets your expectations. So you meeting their expectations. Imagine if you met every expectation in that job description. All them fucking bullets they write in that job description. Imagine if you met them all. Chris, that is an excellent professional. That is an excellent employee. Most people don't check all those boxes, whether it's because their inability to do so or their company's inability to help them actually check those boxes. So when you start talking about going beyond those expectations and exceeding expectations, that's, that is not even a reality. It's not even, a, it's, it's not, it's not real. You can't do it because exceeding expectations in that case actually is meeting the expectations yeah. because the expectations weren't calibrated to begin with. So when I talk about excellence for me, Chris, as I wrap it up, it's, it's that like just being like, yo, it's okay to be a three out of five in this situation because mm-hmm. you're meeting expectations. You don't need to go above and beyond in every situation. Just like you said, I don't need to dream big. Every time I take a job, every time I take a role, I'm thinking, how can I extrapolate and extend this and like scale this? And go here. And it's like, nah, Mike, just do your job. <laughs> just do your job. So that's one of the things I'm working on because it does call me much stress, right? Because I'm like, ah, I'm not doing this. Does this not mean I'm living up to me wanting to be a professional? And that to me became harmful at a point. Yeah, I can't disagree with that either. I mean, do I disagree Ooh, with I'm you? I'm on a roll today. Yeah, you, yeah, man, you might have hit the nail on the head three times. You know, it's rare for you. Uh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm I kidding. Stop, I gotta stop. I gotta I'm kidding. Stop. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but you know, uh, I think that the idea of being excellent in your life is something that you should always try to be. Like okay. I know uh, when I was um, in second grade, Pokemon came out. I don't know if y'all remember that. I remember the day Pokemon came out. It was like the beginning mm. of the second grade. And I remember I was sat down. I was getting ready for school. I just finished. You know, you know how I described myself when I was little man. I was a weirdo. I just finished putting on my <laughs> little dress shirt, tucking it in, in my pants. I had my part in my head. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I was a dandy man. I was dandy out here, bro. I was ready to go yeah, to school. You're with my, a dapper. I'm saying, man, I was dressing like a grown. I was dressing like I was 57 years old. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I was in the 1960s out here. Like I'm about to be in the Temptations or something. Like you know, I can't. I can't stress enough how greasy my head was. Um, anyway, use that blue magic. That blue magic. I know some. We had because my father. You know, my father. Whatever he. One thing he told my mom to give us in our head because this is what he used. Because my father had 360 waves. Was Dax Sporting Wave. So I used to wow. migrate ahead with Dax Sporting Wave, bro. When I say my jeans was laid down, bro, laid, bro. But the part, I'm talking about the part was slick. It was, you could see my scalp. My scalp, my scalp was dag near peak, bro. It was crazy. Um, that was nuts. I was nuts. My hair still grow that way to this day. From all them days I used to grow, or like brush my hair to have a part perfectly down the middle of my head. You know how women struggle to get that? I naturally wow. have a part in the middle of my whole head, bro. That's wild. Head looking laid. I'm just saying. Just it's a thing, bro. It's a thing. So to get back on task, though, uh, I remember I was watching Pokemon. I remember the, the, the song came on. I want to be the very best. The one ever was. To catch them all. It's my real. Like, I remember I was listening to that joke. I was like, I want to be the very best that no one ever was. And I remember I permeated my mind as a young, like I was eight years old. I was like, I never thought about that. Like, what if I really just try to be the best that no one ever was? And I, mm. and I just carried that my whole life. Like, I always think about that. Like, whatever I'll do, I want to be the best. So, and that's when you get into me being like super duper patriot Chris or whatever. It's like, I feel like that's a very American thing to want mm. to be the best that no one ever was. I feel like that's a very American thing. It's not about being the best that, that you are. It's being the best compared to others. 
And I think that's mm. how I always measure myself. I measure myself. I measure myself according to the greatness of others. If I'm not meeting their standard of great, if I see someone doing something great, I want to meet and exceed that standard. So mm. when it came to drawing, I wasn't the best artist um, growing up. So I used to draw all the time until I became so good. It was undeniable. So people know me now. They're like, Chris, you know, I draw. It's like, yes. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what are you trying to me right now? It's like, it's a complex thing. Like, oh, Chris, you can't run. It's like, what? I'm faster than you. Well, it's all, Chris, you're not that strong. What? Well, what are you talking about? Like, it's always been that for me. I was like, I'm stronger than you. It's like, you mm. want to make this into a competition. I bet I'll do better than you. I will outperform you. And I can mm. out, and then outperforming you, I will outperform your expectations for what you have for me, therefore making me better than you. So it's like, that's how my mind works. But just and to get back to what we talked about on the mic before we started, he was like, yeah, man, you, you know, it's not about working out every single day. It's like, nah, Mike, you worked out, you posted saying that you had two days. Because Chris and I have a challenge. Yes. We have this challenge that we yes. talked about six, yes. five days a week for six months. Go yes. ahead. The accountability buddies challenge. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I was just like, man, he, nah, he want to make the tenet of posting consecutively. I'm starting from this day. Like, and Mike was like, nah, man, I've already did workouts this week. This is like workout number five for me. I'm like, nah, I thought he was working out from that point on. Cause that's one. Mm. If you want to count the competition, technically, that's day one. So we're at one, even though you worked out already. That's not my problem. What you're talking about is not my problem. I know what I'm going off of. So you can rest if you want to. I know I'm about to post another time tomorrow and another time on Monday and another. Like, I know it's supposed to be five days a week, but I'm not doing five days a week. I'm going to post as much as I can to break your spirit. It's about it's, a, it's not a matter of doing what's good for me or being healthy about it. It's about showing you that you're not going to win. <laughs> it's about breaking your morale. It's like. You know, it's like how Michael Jordan used to play basketball. He wasn't playing to he wasn't playing to beat you. He was playing to break your spirit. It wasn't a matter mm. of winning a game because he would he would lose his team would lose, but individually he would let you know if I wanted to, we'd have won. And you know what I'm talking about. And you and it's, it's undeniable. It's like yeah, Michael Jordan wanted to will his team to win. Oh, I'm about to drop 57. What you mean? I'm going to we how much we down? say something slick. Say something slick. I'm dropping 60 right now. What are you talking about? And then he would drop 60. And there's nothing you could do. So, you, you spike his pizza. Yes. He eat his pizza before the game. He turn up and score 50 plus. 60. Yeah, with the flu, as they say. But And, that, and that's, what I, that's where I'm at with it. Like, I don't think that you should ever deny your excellence. I, do I think there's times in life where you need to grow forward or move, grow apart from something that is no longer in your best interest in terms of your development as an individual? And if this was a video game, if your stats are becoming stagnant because now all mm -hmm. the enemy monsters in the area are, are too weak, it's time for you to go to a new area where the monsters challenge you a bit more. If this is 2K logic, yeah. you got to get off rookie. It's time to go to pro. When you, you dogging pro like you was dogging rookie, it's time to go to superstar. You going to superstar? You got to go to Hall of Fame. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but Chris, I, what if I'm already at Hall of Fame and I'm a 99.9 and I'm winning championships every year? If you if you're still doing that, man, it might be time for you to pick up Madden. You know what I'm saying? It's time for a new oh, okay. challenge. I see, I, I see, you see what I'm saying? I, I, it's time for a new challenge. Like, and that's that. and that's how I always am about everything. Like I was doing, you know, I write rapping and stuff like that. It got to the point where I was so good at rapping, it's like I need to learn how to write songs. Because mm. rapping no longer is serving me. It's now I can rap better than most people can imagine, but that don't serve me no more because people don't care. Okay, let me learn how to write songs. Okay, now I'm learning how to write songs. Okay, your songs are good, but you can't sing. So like it don't make sense to learn how to write songs. Okay, <laughs> well, let me learn how to make rap songs. And it's like, oh, okay, this is kind of happy in between. Then I start writing these songs. It's like, yeah, but now your songs don't sound good because the mix is not right and you don't have money mm. to buy an engineer. Okay, well, let me learn how to be an engineer. Okay, now I'm a good engineer and I can write songs and I can do that. It's like, okay, but your production isn't good. Okay, now I can produce vocals. It's like, what is going on? It's like, that's how I attack things always. So, but it, mm. in that same instance, though, for me, I'm on the opposite end as you because you are somebody that's like a dreamer. You find people that can do it for you. I'm yes. like, I can do it myself. And that's the issue. That's the thing I need to unlearn. Like, bro, you don't got to do everything by yourself. There are people mm. out here who are more go, Chris. They're willing to help you, bro. And that took me 30 years to learn. So that's the, and that's going to be something when I have my progeny, you know what I'm saying? Little Omega. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, hopefully I'd be blessed with twins so I can raise them to be better versions of me and my brother. You know what I'm hey. saying? You know what I'm saying? But, you know, Lil Omega, and I'm talking to him like, bro, don't be scared to ask for help. Because I know when I was little, that was a thing that we just couldn't do. You couldn't ask somebody for help. You had to figure it out by yourself. Because in my neighborhood, if you had to ask for help, a lot of times people make fun of you because they think you're stupid. Well, you dumb. Mm. You couldn't figure it out. You're dumb. It's like, no, nah, I just need some help. It's like, no, nah, you're dumb. You're stupid. You couldn't figure it out. You're dumb. You're stupid. It's like, I'm not stupid. I just need some help. So that's what made, it's like, it got on me. Like, man, don't ask somebody for help because people use it as a sign of weakness. Man, and I appreciate that, sir.
For real, for real. Because I also think I'm <laughs> I'm looking at this from like, you know, a thousand foot level. Because as I said, I've been working on myself <laughs> for a long time and it continues. So I'm trying to tackle these things. And, and some issues are easier to tackle than others. It just really takes you to say, oh, okay. But just hear a different perspective and, and you can snap it. Some things you just, you really got to like, Mm-hmm. Like get like it's like venom in the, in the Marvel comics. Like you really gotta get it off you. Like it's mm-hmm. it's just super stuck to you. Um, <clears throat> and so you know, there's small things like you know, I, I wouldn't do things by myself because not because I was I was I don't say I was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable because I was feeling embarrassed that I, I was somewhere by myself. And you know me, I'm I'm typically surrounded by people. <laughs> <laughs> you said that's an understatement. Mike is typically surrounded by people that love him. It's totally <laughs> different. You. People be surrounded by people. Surra- people whole lives they be surrounded by people. They got friends. Mike be surrounded by people, but love his dirty drawers. It's crazy as hell. Hey, it's crazy. Hey, hey, you get the love that you give, and so people know that. I, that that hey 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 baby. Nah, that, you, you heard that new Drake though. You heard that new Drake though. I'm not mad, Chris. I just you, you gotta listen to man. So I'm not. I bet you, all right. This is Spiral Sanjay. I'm gonna let you go back. Go ahead. Bro, go, no, go I, ahead. I've been trying to get Mike to listen to dance music. For a century, since yeah, before yeah, Jesus was yeah. crucified. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Since before all the girls you went to college with, were you they're all male. Most of them are all mothers or obese. It's crazy as hell, bro. I've been trying to get this man to listen to, to dance music. Like, I'm talking about, and I not even, even white people dance music. And people that really into dance and electronic dance mm-hmm. music, as they call it now, know that house music is a music genre that was created by black people. Like it didn't exist before black people. So it's like people like Frankie Knuckles and stuff. Anyway, Drake put out this new project, man. You got to check it out, bro. It's tight. This man made a house album. It's fire. It's fire. It's fire, bro. Like it's no way. And then I know Erica going to mess with it. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, she, yeah, yeah, she even though she's American, music. she low key international, low key. You know what I'm saying? She speaks yeah. Spanish. She ain't regular. You know what I'm saying? She's she going to be into it, bro. It's fire, bro. First song you can check out Massive. Okay. Massive. Listen to Massive, bro. If that Jane don't get your body moving, bro, I don't know what, I, I ain't gonna have, I ain't gonna say nothing else about it. That song, Fire, bro. It's a fire song. Because the other songs are kind of like he's trying to make uh, crossover hits. Like the single he got, the little Falling Back or whatever, that's a crossover mm-hmm. song. Because it's, it's like in the vein of, uh, I'll take care of you. It's kind of in that vein. Oh, okay. Massive, bro. Massive is a house song, bro. That's that Jane, Fire, bro. Fire. Okay, fire. You know, I do have it in my queue because and, and, and we're going to stay here just for a little bit longer. And I know you're not going to like this part, um, but Logic dropped an album and that was in my queue first, just to let you know where I prioritize for me. So I listened to it and I think he got, he got a good album since he left his label and Drake was next up. So I am going to listen. <laughs> fix your eyebrows, fix your face. I can't, I, I'm, I'm not a hater. But, Let's leave that there. Let's just let's just leave that there. Let's also, Joe Mega drop. You know what I'm saying? Don't be surprised. Drop. Get that on your Spotify. We try and get it on Apple Music. Get some stuff going on. I think because Drake dropped. You no, know, he stepped all over me and K will release. You know what I'm saying? This we big dog. This you know what I'm saying? But don't don't see, don't be surprised by Joe Mega Spotify. Check that out. And I done, I done gave y'all at least a dozen plays already. I've been running that one up. It's good. I, it's a good song. Ain't it? it sound good. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's good. It's heat. Yeah, man. Good song. You in the gym? You know what I'm saying? You selling drugs? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you you on a run, you moving, so you want going on an adventure. It's a good song to play, man. It's a good driving song. So that's that's this whole project. It's good driving music. Like you going somewhere. I like that. Commuter music. Yes, it's commuter music. It gets you going and make you feel like it's like an adventure. Like everything on the song project, you can go somewhere to it. Because that's to me, that's what you want to do. You want to make music for a primary objective. The primary objective of every song we about to be dropping for the next couple months, you can go somewhere to it, and they all go together. Like they sound good together as a package. Yeah, man, be on the I like this. Don't be surprised, man. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Check that joint out, Joe yes. Mega. Yes. Um, but Chris, as I as I just wrap up that one, uh, it's it's about doing things by yourself. I'd feel embarrassed because I, you know, I was by myself, and it, it's it's like I don't even think I could really find the right words for it because I don't really think it's that. Uh, but I was just always uncomfortable just sitting somewhere and just like being to myself publicly. I love to be to myself like in my intimate moments, but like publicly, how does that, how do you engage? Like, I want to do things in life by myself. I would travel all across the country, bro, for work. I'd be like in New York, like, like I could do so many things, but I don't like, I would, you know, after my hotel, I would maybe go get something to eat. I'll go see a friend. Um, but then if I got like six hours until my meeting the next day, I'd probably be in the hotel. Real talk. Like I wouldn't go out and like explore the city just because like one, I was, I was afraid of getting lost. 
Two, I didn't want to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, right? And then three, and again, these things that serve me, but main, you know, it's good skills to keep because you don't want to end up in a place you don't belong. Um, but I'm also in places where I'm going to be okay. <laughs> but just like going out and enjoying the world, like on my own, mm-hmm. right? Like though that like that's something that I'm trying to build, actually, right? Like as you were talking about before we started, like you're not necessarily worried about shedding. You're you're trying to scaffold. You're trying to build. Mm-hmm. And like that is definitely something I want to build where I can actually enjoy life on my own, like doing things by myself. Um, because it's also going to allow me to just do more shit with Erica because I'll know more things. Because as I wrap it up, when we move to a new city, Erica will go and do all of the the research, all mm-hmm. the exploring, right? That's just in her. <laughs> I stopped myself from saying something you're going to cut out. But, I, uh, I knew what you were going to say. I was waiting for it. I, was waiting. <laughs> I knew what you were going to say, bro. You bugged out. You wouldn't think he's married to her, bro. Like the way he be talking about her. He'd be like, bro, what's wrong with you? Why'd you say that? I say stuff about all people. When you love somebody, <laughs> when you love somebody, you do treat them a little bad. You do treat them a little just a little bit. <laughs> when you love like, someone, you do not treat them bad. <laughs> How come I feel so sad? Not where I want to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, She's giving uh, her heart to me. How can I let this be? <laughs> so, you know, but, but she just, she wants to explore. And I love that because she finds all the places that we should go. But I could also help because it would be fun for me mm. to just be like, oh, this is dope. This is dope. And I usually get that when I meet up with somebody somewhere. I'm like, oh, but then you don't want to go back to the same place you just visited because you want to try new things when you're in a new place. Mm. So, Chris, I'll leave it there. For me, we talked about the the unlearning. I think there are some like some some lower level unlearning that a lot of us can do. Like you talked about it, like um to a certain extent, like with misogyny, you know, to a certain extent, because that's I'm just saying with us, that's not rampant. That's not rampant. With Unlearned us. misogyny. Never, <laughs> <laughs> never, never. At the end of the day, they like it. At the end of the day, they like it. <laughs> hey, the gifts and burdens of life, man. There is a gift. There is a burden. There is a yin. There is a yang. There is a sun. There is a moon. Would you rather me be a soy boy? <laughs> <laughs> a beta cuck, huh? Would you? Would you? No. No, the answer is no. The answer is no. But there's the fine line, though. I, I was actually, in a, in a, Chris, I, I really will wrap it up here. I was, I was watching a post the other day, and I have to be careful with these, because I'm just like, I wonder how many women agree with this and how many don't, and like, what kind of relationships do they actually find themselves in? But there was a, a, a woman that said, um, like, <laughs> I like a man who can put me in my place, right? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and she was just like, you need to be able to tell me, if you can't tell me, like, you need to be able to tell me what to do. If you can't tell me what to do, I won't do it. And like she said- so, And now like, I'm, jump, I'm jumping in. <laughs> That's the woman you don't want to be with, fellas. Any, any woman that tells you, tests comes out the gate say you gotta be able to put me in my place it's not worth it i'm telling you from experience it's not worth it it's not worth it bro it's not worth you not my dad i had to catch myself slim you said you said said that you wanted somebody to put you in your place like i don't i'm doing what you told me to do you're controlling because that's the same woman that's a 20 out of 10 going to say you're controlling her i'm calling i'm telling you from experience. I'm telling yeah. you from experience. 20 out of 10. You're con- why are you control- so controlling? It's coming out of her mouth next. Nonsense. Double talk. Mental gymnastics. You're not, if you're not ready to be Gabby Douglas, it's not worth it. It's just not. But go ahead. My bad. No, no, you're good. Um, I think we're here, Chris, and I want to actually see the floor because I was, I was rolling hot, so I don't, I don't even want to try it. If, if this is Vegas... And I'm pulling on the slot machines or I'm or I'm playing whatever damn game. Cause you know I don't gamble. That's why I can't listen to games right now. I'd be up on the house. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna cash out. All right. So I'm gonna leave this to you to wrap this one up. Yeah, man. That was the episode, man. You know what I'm saying? You gotta unlearn stuff sometimes. Sometimes if something is no longer as people now say, if it's not giving, <laughs> if it's not serving, <laughs> you know, if it's not feeling, you know what I'm saying? If the vibe isn't, you know what I'm saying, maybe that's something that you need to unlearn. But at the same time, you can't let the community dictate what you mm. need to change. Sometimes you need to do that self-reflection and look in the mirror 
and just sit with yourself and say, yo, what's, what am I doing that I need to change to help me be a better version of me? Because people will try to change you to what they think you should be. And that's not always mm-hmm. what you need. You got to learn to love yourself. And from that understanding of self, that love of self, that space to give self the opportunity to talk and communicate, that will help you to understand what you need to do to grow forward. And I always say that, like, you should never be trying to move forward. You want to grow forward. Because if you keep on move, if you move forward, that means you may be leaving something behind that you might need to take with you. But if you're growing forward, mm-hmm. you're going to constantly expand from a point and you can always go back and look and then still be there. And then you can keep going forward. That's the podcast. Blah. <laughs>